What's Tech is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. Listening on your phone? Now you can pay while you listen. Using the same device. Just tap and go. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible city, consumer credit, and debit cards. So I live in a sort of idyllic Brooklyn brownstone neighborhood. I've actually lived in that neighborhood for 20 years. And when my wife and I moved into the apartment there and decided to have a family, she was getting to know the neighborhood for the first time. And I had never bothered to sort of join any online groups about the neighborhood. I, I knew it from growing up there in a, in a very pre-internet age. But we were having kids and she wanted to meet new parents. And she became part of this group, the Bacoca List, that combines three neighborhoods into one. And it's full of information for parents about how to find a good sitter or somebody is selling a used stroller. And we used it a lot as sort of a classified service to get used items for our kid. It was really useful for that. And I would say that what I you know, kind of came away with from that experience was that there was a lot of useful commerce and information going on there. And the flip side of that, the dark side of that, was that there would be all of these threads that would get my wife really paranoid. Like, somebody has stolen a package out of our front foyer. You make sure to lock your doors. Don't leave your strollers, you know, in the foyer. There's people out there hunting for them. There was a, a gunshot heard within the vicinity of this park. Like, don't go near this park. And to me, this stuff was all just so alien. I mean, I've lived my whole life in this neighborhood and never had any issues with crime. But if you followed the neighborhood via this Yahoo list, it was a place full of parents and schools and strollers, but also just riven with horrible street crimes. I I have one question. You mentioned this stroller thief. Are they in it for the strollers or are they in it for the babies? Oh, yeah. The stroller resale market is is hot, hot, hot. (laughs) So, you know, if you're if you're if you're plucking a stroller uh, and and flipping it on the same list, you know, you could go three, four hundred bucks for a brand new stroller. And, you know, obviously it's pretty easy to make off with. Right. Like it's a (laughs) (laughs) it has wheels. You see them. You see them everywhere. Yeah, it has wheels. It's not very heavy. People don't typically lock them up. Actually, it's funny. When I was a kid in the 80s, I lived in a different, more dangerous neighborhood in Brooklyn. And the thing that was always getting stolen, our car was always getting broken into for, was the radio or the child seat. So I guess there's a long history of, you know, kids' items, especially in New York, you know, being targeted by the criminal element. Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com. I am your humble host, Christopher Thomas Plant. Today, I am talking with my friend and colleague, business editor here at The Verge, Ben Popper. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. So we're talking about, there's not really an ideal word for this that I've come across, other than digital neighborhood groups. Would you say that? It doesn't have anything catchy like social media. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about it is that it, it's basically social media, or, you know, if you think about it in sort of an older web era, it's the online community, the forum, but it's geographic. It's, you know, sort of targeted to the area that you live in. Um, and those two things in some ways are sort of at odds, right? It's like anybody can join, you can use it from anywhere, but it only pertains to this, like, small local area. Yeah. I mean, so the group that you were talking about in the introductory story, we'll probably get to that in a little bit, but I want to start on... I suppose the largest of these groups, at least the one I have come in contact with the most, 
which is called Next Door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So Nextdoor is a fascinating company. You know, if you were to go on there in a lot of ways, it feels like a Facebook group. You know, it's people posting on a wall about what's happened in the neighborhood or posting an item for sale or talking a little bit of neighborhood news. But there's two things that I think really stand out. One, you you can't join unless you prove that you're from the neighborhood. And this requires some like actual real life, you know, here is my home address. Here is a you know copy of my driver's license. Here is some other, you know, very sort of analog proof that I live in this neighborhood. And then once you do belong to the group, you can see all of a sudden a lot of information about the people around you. So it's in essence like a private group centered around a neighborhood. You need to, you know, commit a lot to join. And once you do commit that, you get to learn a lot about people around you, even if they're not, you know, explicitly your friends. Um, And so in that way, it's set up very differently from any social network that I can think of. So, I mean, what are these groups trying to replicate? I just moved into my first house. I mean, obviously, I grew up in a home, right? right? But I wasn't, like, having to worry about things like this when I was a kid. So I'm not familiar, really, with what the kind of goal of these groups is uh, in terms of historically what they're trying to recreate. Sure. So, I mean, I think in a lot of ways it recreates, uh, you know, the local paper. Um, you know, there's listings in there for babysitters and carpenters and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, besides just paid listings, there's obviously like a whole board full of recommendations. So somebody like you says, hey, I just moved into this new neighborhood. I've got a leak. Who can recommend a good plumber? Nextdoor is a great place to ask a question like that. Or, hey, I just moved into this neighborhood. You know, um, it seems like there is a bat problem. Has anybody else experienced this? Um, Hey, I just moved into this neighborhood. Somebody keeps leaving their dog poop on my lawn. (laughs) Like, does anybody know who this... (laughs) who the offender is and how I can get in touch with them. Um, You know, I mean, I think in a simpler, gentler age, we would have met these people at the community meeting, at the, you know, Lions Club, at the bowling alley, you you know, in a time when we weren't quite so isolated. And I I do think that there is a degree to which we don't know our neighbors the way we used to. You know, there's sort of a seminal American piece of sociology called Bowling Alone, which is about how in the pre-internet age, you know, people spend a lot more time going out in the world and interacting with their neighbors because there was less to do at home and less far, you know, it was far harder to communicate with people and to establish a wide social network without being in the real world, you know, and being in proximity to people. Yeah. I mean, this is interesting because the things that you're describing, like what this does, I feel like we have those things, whether it's Craigslist or Yelp that kind of accomplish some of this. I mean, are those the competitors for something like Nextdoor? Or or what are its more, I guess, obvious competitors? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's competitive with all of those things, with a Yelp, with a Craigslist, with a Yahoo board, with a Facebook, but, but none of those things sort of roll everything together, you know? Um, and sure. they're not purpose-built for it. So I, I don't think that there's really a direct competitor. I mean, if you wanted to get a, a local recommendation for something, you could go on Angie's List. Um, although I think that's a paid service. You know, if you wanted to, you know, meet folks in your area, you could go on Facebook, but it's actually not that easy to like search for strangers in your area on Facebook or to like reach out and meet them. You know, certainly uh, you could go on Yelp and look for, you know, local dining recommendations and all those things might individually be superior for it. But in terms of saying, hey, let's figure out a way for you to get to know your neighborhood, to learn about your neighbors, to get good local information or spread news or warnings, 
I can't think of anything that that's kind of purpose built this way. I mean, Facebook has groups that people certainly use in this way, um, and and I I haven't used them, but I've heard they're you know they're quite good. But again, you know the the issue there is how do you ensure that the people who are joining are actually from the neighborhood? Do you want to be like Facebook friends with these people, right? Like, do you want to be in a group and then they can sort of follow the rest of your life on Facebook? So. I mean, I think what's interesting about Nextdoor is that it's purpose built for sort of this very specific use case. Um, So I'll give you an example of some things that I think are funny and interesting about it. I was talking to a guy recently, a real estate agent, and he was saying one of the most useful things is the mobile alert. So somebody will say, my dog got out of the backyard. You know, it's missing. I need to find it. And that mobile alert goes out to everybody in the neighborhood. I can't think of another service. You know, if that was Facebook, you might post it to the group, but people wouldn't get a text message alert. It wouldn't be immediate. And that's the kind of sort of neighborhoody thing that to me speaks to like an a quainter America, you know, where the dog gets out of the backyard and somehow the somebody rings a bell and, you know, all the neighbors know to like be on the lookout for this loose, this loose pet. I literally went looking for a dog probably like three or four weeks ago oh, yeah. uh, in this exact scenario. I feel like that must happen constantly Yeah, to the point where it should just be a key feature. <laughs> yeah, that should be a key feature if it's not already or if you want to be like cynical about it. This is sort of like, again, like we were saying, it's a service that's as useful when something has gone wrong as when things are going right and in some ways exacerbates those things. So I think a lot of neighborhoods have noticed that, you know, the most frequent posts and the most frequented sort of like subsections of the service are people asking for recommendations, saying they're going to sell something or reporting a crime or suspicious activity. And there are other sections you could do other things with, but those are the three things that people seem to really gravitate towards. Yeah, we, my neighborhood is fascinating because there's this weird split of people who've lived here for a very, very long time since it was built in the 60s. And then like very, very young couples Mm -hmm. um, who are like, you know, this is their first home. And the relationship or perception of crime is vastly different Mm -hmm. uh, amongst those groups for, I'm sure, any number of reasons. But for a while, it was like any time any fireworks would go off, which is like in Texas, New Year's, 4th of July, and really any other day, um, people would be like, oh my gosh. Did you hear that? Gunshots. Where it became a joke to the point that like now on 4th of July, all of the young people on our group all rush to make the exact same joke by like signing on at exactly 8 p.m. on the 4th of July and being like, yo, are, is everybody hearing all these gunshots going off? <laughs> right. So the young people um, are the ones who are, who are more paranoid in, in your Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're, the young people are the chill ones here. Oh, okay. But I feel like it could be different. Like in each group like that's that's what's weird about it is i don't feel like this is like a like young olds i feel like the system just allows for any group of paranoid people to kind of dominate the conversation right yeah i mean you know i think that there's like a a truism in politics which is that the people who are the most passionate about it often have an outsized influence and that's also seems to be true you know on social networks there are people who are just sort of there you know to casually share and observe and there are people who you know, can't wait to like make their voices heard. And I, I think in a different age, you know, those would, those are the people who made up and maybe still do make up, you know, the very committed citizens group, you know, that they sit on uh, the city council or something. And, and one of the things that I think has, has kept me from using Nextdoor on a regular basis is <laughs> I don't really like hanging out with those, that kind of person, you know, like I'm just a little chiller about what it means to be a member of the community. (laughs) But I guess, you know, once you become a parent, I think also your perception of, 
you know, what's important in a neighborhood and, and, and what you need out of a neighborhood changes. And that's one of the things that's driven, you know, me and my wife to belong to these groups is that it's not as easy to solve all of your problems with a Google search. Some things you feel like you need local advice uh, and experience with. And so that's kind of what's brought us into that world. Yeah. I'm curious, what what was your earliest experience with these groups? Because I, I, I mean, like you said, you weren't using these your entire life. When I moved out to a place that had these sorts of things. Right. Because I had literally did not know they existed when I lived in New York. It was kind of a jarring a jarring experience to be thrown into. It feels like a lot. It's a lot of people who all care very deeply about this very small patch of land. Yeah, I mean, Nextdoor hasn't had a lot of success in New York, and I think in general it tends to be successful in small to medium-sized cities and even more successful in suburbs. Uh, You know, New York, I think, is serviced by existing groups, which are very ineffective. Like, you know, this group that my wife belongs to and and, and follows vociferously is basically just a Yahoo email list. And, you know, every day you can get this digest of 50 emails and every email turns into a super long thread. Uh, I guess it's a Yahoo group that comes in the form of an email digest. But, you know, it's a nightmare to interact with, but it has so much momentum and so many people belong to it that it's kind of the default. You know, Nextdoor is much easier to navigate. It has a great mobile app. But there isn't sort of the critical mass there yet. But I I came to know it just as a technology reporter. The company was pitched to me as somebody that, you know, a company that was doing something different. And it's since gone on to have, at least in terms of its traction, you know, its its widespread use, pretty phenomenal success. I think when I started reporting on it, it was in something like a quarter of the neighborhoods in the U.S. They define that as like an area with 2,000 or more people. And now it's in uh, roughly, you know, half, I think. Or maybe that's wrong. Maybe it was one out of 10 and now it's one out of four. But anyway, it's grown uh, quite substantially. You know, it has a multi-billion dollar valuation. And um, like I said, I think it, it kind of stands apart, which is the interesting thing. Like the service in of itself in some ways is kind of banal, you know, like it services the most banal of needs. But there isn't anybody else really pursuing this business. And so in that way, I found it kind of interesting. Can Before we wrap, I, I want to talk about kind of the origin story of Nextdoor. Sure. Uh, and a little bit about the company itself, because it seems strange Yeah. Um, compared to really any other uh, thing like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that are that are different about it. I, I, I don't know the origin story super well, but I think that the guy who started is a serial entrepreneur and he was an entrepreneur in residence at a venture capitalist's, uh, you know, firm. And he was working on uh, an idea and it, it kind of wasn't working. And they pivoted into Nextdoor because he was a parent with young kids living in a new neighborhood. And that, I think, is is sort of the use case that that, that, that sparks this need. Like I said, that's what got us to this Yahoo group that we're on. And maybe what, as a reporter, made me interested in Nextdoor, even though I didn't realize it. And now, when you look at Nextdoor, it's in this space where it's competing against companies that have a ton of business, for example, Craigslist, but which haven't innovated in ages. You know, if, you're, if your competition is... Craigslist and Yahoo groups and um, Angie's List, I-, I think you're in a good spot if you're, you know, doing if you're actually leveraging technology in an interesting way. You know, for Facebook, this could certainly be something that they do, but it's kind of an afterthought. It's kind of like one of the many, you know, little things that are built into it. And, you know, it's so different from Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, the way we experience it every day. It's It's not performative. It's not pictures of me and my kids looking really good, doing fun things. It's not my political ideas. It's the sort of nitty gritty stuff that was once, you know, the domain of 
bowling league gossip and city council meetings and local newspapers. And as those things have become less relevant in our lives, they've kind of become, they've kind of collected under this umbrella that is Nextdoor. To kind of put a bow on it, is this another company, Twitter comes to mind, where it's a really nice idea, Mm -hmm. but there's not really a way for it to make money? Right. I mean, Twitter is so fascinating to me. You know, I think about it a lot because I use it every day and you can tell that it has this outsized grip on the conversation, whether it's sports, celebrity or politics. But Twitter is having an extremely hard time monetizing. And I think that's because the conversation there is chaotic and it's often extremely nasty. You know, on Nextdoor, while there's a little bit of nastiness here and there, and like I said before, I think there are serious issues they need to contend with when it comes to reporting of crime or suspicious activity. And in fact, they've been working recently in an attempt to stem what some people have said is racial profiling because there were often, you know, alerts or, or, or posts made that were like, well, I see, you know, strangers in this area acting suspicious. And those would inevitably be, you know, young men of color who just happen to be in the neighborhood. But I I think there's actually an incredible business there. And I know that because I've transacted business on there, which is to say, I've said, does anybody know a good dentist for, you know, a kid who's never been to the dentist before? Does anybody want to buy a stroller? So recommendations for local businesses are super high in intent, super targeted. Classifieds are, you know, again, uh, something that I see on there all the time. So I actually think, you know, those are two areas where they're going to be turning on real business over the next six months to a year. And they stand to make a a great business out of it because unlike Twitter, it's hyper targeted to a specific area and it's very based around needs. Um, And so to me, that seems like kind of a straightforward business. You know, maybe a funny way of putting a bow on that would be to say Craigslist is one of the most successful companies of all time. If you look at it in terms of the revenue they generate per employee, Um, But there will never be another Craigslist. Craigslist has no interest in evolving. And so there's this incredible opportunity there for somebody who wants to evolve the need that Craigslist fills. Yeah, I think that's a great way to uh, to stop the episode, just because now everyone who's listening to this, like little uh, money emoji are popping in their eyes. Right. And thinking, this is my shot. I'm going to finally, I've listened to however many episodes of What's Tech, it's time for me to take on Nextdoor and, and make my first uh, billion. Yeah. Is that how many you have to make before you're like relevant at this point? Yeah, you're going to make a few hundred on Nextdoor. <laughs> <laughs> if, you start the, if you start the neighborhood and you invite people, they would literally send postcards out to people's homes so that they can like apply. That's the kind of weird wow. internet business it is. Yes. What a weird thing. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming and doing this episode. Of course. My pleasure. Anytime, man. And thank you all for listening. Thank you to our producer, Andrew Marino. Uh, if you enjoy the show, check it out on iTunes, leave a review, or find us on any podcasting service, whichever makes life better for yourself. And you know what? As always, I recommend that you recommend this show to your parents who have questions about technology because you know what they might already be on next door they might already be hip to everything in this episode and it might be you who's behind the times this time until next time we will talk to you later goodbye